Hey, listeners, this is your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. If you're looking for a way to support my podcast, here are three quick things you can do. Number one, visit iTunes and review the show. More reviews help get the word out. Number two, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara and support my shows. A dollar a month helps a little, and five bucks a month helps a whole lot more and gets you some neat things in return. Number three, tell a friend about the show by sharing links to your favorite episodes via social media. As always, thanks for listening and supporting my podcasts. And now, on with the show. The following feature has been rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America. It is intended for mature audiences and parental discretion is advised. Home box office will show this feature only at night. Thank you. Have a nice day. Oh man, multiple sadness. Welcome to Multiple Sadness, a horrible podcast about horrible movies. So bad they're good, but still mostly bad. I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara, and on today's episode, we fight to the death in this week's movie, Bigfoot Wars. Now, you might be saying to yourself, is a movie like Bigfoot Wars even worth reviewing? Bigfoot Wars isn't Sasquatch starring Lance Henriksen. It's not even close. But to that I say, all bad movies deserve a review, even the ones that bring us multiple sadness. And with that, here's the trailer to this week's movie, 2014's Bigfoot Wars. They have my daughter. We may not be coming back. Originally released in 2014, Bigfoot Wars was written by Andrea Doss, Frederick Doss, and Jacob Maudlin, and directed by Brian T. Janes. IMDb rates this film 3 out of 10 stars, which I think is fairly generous. According to IMDb, people who liked this film also liked Haunting of the Innocent, Private Number, The Bandit Hound, and Boggy Creek. Uh, which I believe was also uh, directed by Brian T. James. Now, the cast, there's a lot of people in this movie. There's so many people in this movie that you will forget who they are five minutes after it's over or possibly before the movie's over. But the two names that jumped out to me were C. Thomas Howell, who I know from the 80s, his role in The Outsiders and Red Dawn, and Judd Nelson, who I know from The Breakfast Club and lots of movies. Uh, so I thought with those two actors, this movie can't be terrible, can it? But I was wrong. The tagline for this movie from IMDb is a small town becomes the focal point of a brutal clash between man and a legendary beast. It also says based on the best-selling book series. And we'll talk about that later on in the show. 
Alright. What happened? Fuck you think happened. Bigfoot, that's what. Oh, come on, Mark, not that shit again. You don't want to know the truth, that's on you. So here's where I run through the plot of the movie. The movie opens with a scene where a prostitute is having sex with the mayor. They both have terrible fake southern accents. The prostitute asks to get paid, and the mayor says, not until after I'm done going to the bathroom. Then he goes to the bathroom, sits on the toilet, and while he's sitting on the toilet, something breaks through the window and kills the mayor. Leaves a huge bloody mess. The prostitute, who is in her underwear, sees what has happened and immediately runs outside, which is where whatever killed the mayor is hiding. This is the logic that we began Bigfoot Wars with. The entire movie is set up like this, of logic that just doesn't make sense, characters doing things that don't make sense, going places they shouldn't, and so on and so forth. We cut to Kendall Sharp, a news reporter who gives us some exposition on what's going on in the town. Lots of people have gone missing over apparently generations. Some of the deaths have been attributed to bear attacks, uh, but a lot of people in town think that the killings are being done by Bigfoot. When they interview some of the people on the news program, they also talk about the Jestertons, I think is how you pronounce their name, uh, who are a, quote, Dixieland mafioso family. Uh, they come into play much later in the movie and have a much smaller role than you would think. But but they're set up early in the movie as possibly the source of the murders that are taking place uh, in Boggy Creek. So we cut to our first major scene and group of characters. There are six teenagers who are driving to spend a weekend uh, away from their parents. This is very much like the beginning of every horror movie, Friday the 13th, so on and so forth, where teenagers are going away. Uh, and we are treated to some very awkward conversation. One of the girls suggests that her boyfriend not uh, light a joint because, hey, we just passed a five zero back there. And the conversation is not natural at all. Come on, Amanda. Danny, would you shut up? So annoying. Hey, easy, she-beast. Why don't you take a hit of Steve's pipe? It might help you relax. Yeah, Joe, suck on my pipe. It'll help you relax. <laughs> no, you know I'm not into that shit. Get back here. <laughs> Get a room. This is kind of like a room. Hey, C-Mac, if, if I find nut in that back seat, I'm going to kick your ass and then rub your nose in that shit. Once the teens arrive to their camping spot, they go into a two-on-three volleyball game. One of the girls decides to tan uh, instead of play volleyball. Nice. <laughs> Suck it, bitch. Two-on-three and we still whipped your asses. Ow. Seriously. <laughs> Y'all want a beer? beer? Yes. I got you. Colin, you want a beer? Yeah. Never mind. You fucking you want you want yeah. I'll make it up to you. There's more awkward conversation here. And after the volleyball game, one couple goes into the woods to make out, and another couple goes into a tent to make out, and then the third couple, uh, they are in an argument. What do we have here? 
this bitch doesn't want this to end up all over the internet, she's going to be doing my midterm papers from now on. Again, these people are so unlikable that you really hope that they all die, which we're pretty lucky because very quickly they all do. Bigfoot shows up and Bigfoot is on a rampage and he kills uh, the guys and uh, it seems like maybe some of the kids are going to get away. <laughs> what were those things? What the fuck were those things? Oh, calm down. Do you hear me? Act like a man and calm the fuck down. Yes. Uh, but uh, eventually they don't. In fact, one of the kids uh, in their attempt to get away hits another one of the kids uh, with the Suburban. Was that Amanda? Yeah, I think so. Should we see if she's okay? With those things out there? Fuck that bitch. She's probably dead anyways. But Bigfoot shows up and kills everyone anyway. So... Uh, that we cut to the next day, and now this is a crime scene. Uh, and the uh, sheriff and the deputy sheriff are investigating. The coroner is there. And uh, <laughs> a uh, uh, a guy of importance. I don't know who he's supposed to be. Maybe for some uh, politician. He shows up. And the first thing he demands to know is, how do these kids get out here? Uh, to which I thought they drove on the road <laughs> that leads out to this part of the park. Uh, but we learned that one of the kids' fathers was rich. Well, I can tell you one kid, we won't need prints or dental records to identify. Stevie McTee. McTee? Oh, shit. Wait, McTee oil and gas McTee? Yeah, that one, genius. And his old man is shitting all down the back of my neck over the untimely demise of his eldest. How in the hell did he already find out? it's fucked up, that's how. And so these deaths are not going to be able to be written off as bear attacks. Uh, the sheriff is going to have to investigate, and uh, whatever has been going on in Boggy Creek is going to come to light. Uh, we have some sh uh, sheriff flashbacks where he uh, remembers fighting with his wife, but this is one of many threads in this film that just don't seem to go anywhere. Um, that, it doesn't, that doesn't lead to anything. <laughs> Uh, and next we cut to a, and his daughter who looked to me to be about five years apart in age. Aside from the fact that you're a barely 18 year old honor roll student, he's a 24 year old high school dropout. Uh, he got his GED. Aside from that, your little boyfriend is working on a pretty respectable rap sheet. This is like the 15th fucking time you've told me this story. Watch your mouth. Okay. I tell you that because it's my job to protect you. Protect me? I don't need you to protect me. I'm not a goddamn child. Sorry. You know what? I cannot wait to get out of this shithole and get away from you. The daughter goes to the drive-in with her boyfriend, and Bigfoot shows up at the drive-in and uh, kills the boyfriend and drags the sheriff's daughter away. Uh-uh-uh-uh. You gotta pay the toll. You're not gonna get your dick dirty over a bucket of popcorn, Billy. This is a very strange drive-in. It consists of about six cars parked in the grass. And when Bigfoot, who is at least eight foot tall, shows up and pulls a guy out of the car and stomps on his head, no one in any of the other cars seems to notice this or react. Nobody runs or screams. Uh, they just kind of watch Bigfoot pull people out and kill them. So it's not until the very end when Bigfoot drags the daughter away 
that anyone reacts to what's going on. And really all it does is cause a guy who's standing on a food truck to drop his corn dog. <laughs> so very strange movie. Um, we have our first shot of the doctor, the local doctor, and he explains to us the difference between what a bear attack would look like and a Bigfoot attack. And the doctor is played by Judd Nelson. Doctor! Oh, shit, nurse. You just took two years off of my appointed three score and ten. Now I'm going to have to take two more of these and that's on you. Or maybe five. Mister, you are the biggest fuck up I've yet worked with. Nurse, I attended and graduated from medical school. You'll refer to me as Dr. Fuck Up. Uh, this is one of the most obvious examples of an actor showing up for a paycheck. I mean, it's it's absolutely brutal. Uh, his acting in this. Um, and he is uh, a pill-popping doctor. He's writing prescriptions for himself and treating the nurses uh, like crap. Get this pill for me, please. Xanax. She's already sedated. That's why I said for me. You can't write prescriptions for yourself, Dr. Evans. That's why I signed Dr. Vincent. Now run. But what we learn through the doctor is that the prostitute shows back up, the prostitute from the beginning of the film that we thought was dead, and they notice something is up with the prostitute. Now, we don't know what that is, and the film doesn't give us any clues as to what happens, and we won't find out until the end of the film. Uh, So because of this and the investigation, the sheriff and the deputy pair up with another man, named Zeke, and Zeke is played by C. Thomas Howell. Zeke is a Vietnam vet survivalist uh, type of guy. He has no respect for the law, and the best part about his character is that he whispers and mumbles almost all of his lines. I have watched this movie three times over the past two days, and I'm still not entirely sure what he says during most of the film. Tell you something civilized, man. It's you and your civilization. The fuck things up twelve ways from the Lord's day. It's your civilization that turned everything upside down. Made the rivers into shit, the clouds into ash black. You civilized man. Look you in your eye. Tell you what you want to hear. Shake your fucking hand on it. And then turn around and get you a lawyers and rape you where you breathe. But the barbarian? The barbarian will shoot you straight. He'll tell you thank you, but only when he true on that. And he damn sure knows what the word polite means. It's you civilized some bitches that don't know how to treat a stranger with respect. And that's maybe because you can't seem to wrap your head around the notion that blood gets spilled all the damn time over a piece of disrespect. Now, ain't no civilized folk in these parts ever give a good goddamn about a Jessica. Uh, they are, uh, have met up with a local news reporter and cameraman who also go into the woods. Uh, they are advised not to do this by the sheriff, but uh, they go into the woods anyway, and they stir up Bigfoot. So Bigfoot comes after the cameraman and... Uh, and the reporter, but uh, of course the cameraman is uh, armed. He has brought a weapon with him. What the hell? You have a gun? This isn't just a gun. This is a Glock 17. This baby's Austrian-made 9mm 
17 plus one rosy angel cheek of death. Really? What? You didn't expect me to come nine miles out in the middle of butt fucking nowhere to hunt monsters without a burner now, did you? How do you know so much about guns anyway? First person shooters. Video games. Uh, but uh, it, it's no use against the Bigfoot. And as they're running, they run into a shed where they run into the Dixieland mafioso, who's <laughs> just one guy uh, who fires his gun into the air. And they run back out, but Bigfoot is chasing them and waiting for them. Uh, eventually, they shoot Bigfoot. Uh, and we think that maybe things will be okay. But, of course, things are not okay because this is called Bigfoot Wars. Uh, the first thing we learn is that the woods have been booby-trapped. I guess this was done by the Dixieland mafioso. It's not really explained uh, clearly. But uh, uh, the cameraman hurts himself. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Zeke has split off from the group. Uh, see Thomas Howell. And he begins yelling in the air, uh, making Bigfoot noises, and uh, he calls the other Bigfoot. So other Bigfoot um, become uh, uh, interested in what's going on, and they begin approaching everybody. And so at the end, we have this uh, uh, large <laughs> battle between the people and the pack of Bigfoot um, fortunately, Zeke has brought several things, including um, not just a gun or pistols and a rifle, but also a machete, a rocket launcher, and a sledgehammer, which turns out to be his weapon of choice when fighting uh, Bigfoot. He does decapitate one of the Bigfoot and carries the severed head around for a while, uh, but um, <laughs> this does not deter the other Bigfoot. Uh, they they only see this uh, as a, a way to antagonize them. So uh, then in the end, we have a big standoff between uh, Zeke and the sheriff and the Bigfoot. And uh, if you listen all the way to the end of this podcast after the very end, I will uh, spoil the ending of the movie for you. Let's get started on how did I hear about this movie? Well, I was actually looking uh, online for information about Legend of Boggy Creek. And that led me to, which is an older uh, 70s Bigfoot film, I believe. And that led me to this modern big uh, Boggy Creek. And then that led me to Bigfoot Wars. So I saw it online. I thought, well, and it's available on video on demand. So it was easy to watch. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and check this out. The title breakdown, Bigfoot Wars. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how closely that uh, reflects what happens in this movie. It's not really... A Bigfoot war. It's more like, um, you know, there's a pack of Bigfoot that uh, attack people. And uh, the the reason that we learn why they're attacking, uh, I don't know, should I spoil this? Yeah, I will spoil this. Uh, spoiler alert is that um, the Bigfoot cannot reproduce. There are only male Bigfoots. And so they are grabbing women from town and impregnating them. And that's how the Bigfoot reproduces. So they kill men or males, but they impregnate uh, the women. So that's what's going on. It doesn't really seem like a Bigfoot war so much to me as just um, Bigfoot uh, impregnating people. <laughs> it's a very, very weird movie. Uh, the cover breakdown, we have a Bigfoot claw with a forest in the background and the claw is swiping uh, at the camera, the the cover is actually pretty good. I saw several different uh, uh, online 
posters, like teaser posters and, and one pages and things like that. And the artwork on this is, is fantastic. By far, best part of the movie. Uh, as far as the plot goes, the plot pacing, there's big time issues with this movie. Um, the first problem is that the movie clocks in somewhere between 72 and 75 minutes. Uh, it's not very long. That's about the length you would think of for maybe an hour and a half sci-fi movie, maybe. Um, you know, so it, it's a pretty short movie, but even though it's so short, it felt like it was a two hour movie. It just dragged on and on in places. And part of the reason why it felt like it dragged on so long is because there are long periods of time where you can't hear what the actors are saying. So it makes it difficult to follow uh, the actual plot for social commentary. You know, it's difficult to say. Um, I mean, there, you could say that the writers were going for, kind of a Jurassic Park thing in which uh, nature will find a way, you know, Bigfoot can't, um, you know, reproduce without women or female Bigfoot, but they, they begin mating with people. So maybe that's the point they were going with. I'm not sure. Uh, we also get some stuff from C. Thomas Howell, his character, uh, Zeke, who smokes marijuana and he makes a point that, you know, normal people or, or, uh, civvies or civilians, as he says, uh, civvies that smoking marijuana might be rec uh, recreational for those people, but he uses it to get in contact with nature and the land. So maybe that's a point they're trying to make. Uh, I think the big point they're trying to say is just don't antagonize Bigfoot. That seemed to be the, the uh, biggest point they were trying to make. Normally, here's where I talk about direction and editing, uh, but it, it's just awful. I mean, the acting is terrible. Uh, the The way that, that the actors present their lines is terrible. The, the sets are terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's just all seems like it's such low budget. Um, and, and I'm sure it was. You know, as far as, like, costumes, you have the sheriff's outfits, and then Zeke wears... Uh, a camouflage vest, and then everybody else, I'm sure, is simply wearing their own wardrobe, uh, things that they have. You know, the teenagers, I'm sure they're just wearing their own clothes from home. Um, this this movie was made in Minola or Mineola, Texas. So, um, you know, I don't know that there were any locations in the movie that you would go see and recognize. Most of the movie takes place out in the forest, so I don't know that you would go uh, that there would be anything to go see that you would recognize uh, from this film. There are some shots that take place inside a hospital and also inside the sheriff's office. And, and they definitely look like, um, you know, set pieces, stage pieces, um, not, not real locations. Uh, for the soundtrack, there are two songs. The first is Whiskey on My Mind by the Moonshine Bandits, and that song appears at least twice in the film, maybe three times. Uh, I know it's in the closing credits. I know it's elsewhere in the film. And there's also a song called Wonderlust, which is performed by Audrey Ellis Fox, which when I looked her up immediately realized that she's the prostitute from the beginning of the movie. So maybe there was some sort of deal uh, that she would show you know, she would appear naked if they would put her song in the movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's the fact or not. Uh, as far as special effects and stunts, I don't recall any stunts per se. Uh, special effects, I'm going to say probably 95% of this budget had to have gone. Well, some of it went to getting C. Thomas Howell and um, 
Judd Nelson. But uh, other than that, I think it all went to the Bigfoot costumes. I mean, the Bigfoot costumes look pretty good uh, for you know a movie of this uh, uh, ilk, and everything else looks terrible. So uh, you know maybe they could have saved a little bit of that money and and paid the sound guy some more uh, because the sound is terrible. I don't know. There's just lots of issues with this movie. Um, but anyway, uh, so the special effects are not very special, uh, but let's get to my top five favorite quotes from the film. Number five. You promised me when I backed your campaign, you could keep fatalities out here down to single digits this summer. Hell, it ain't even June, and you've already fucked that dog half to death. Number four. You want to know one of life's ugly little truths about dead bodies you won't ever hear in the movies or on TV? They all smell like shit. Number three. Would you quit being such a fucking perma-bitch? Number two. Jesus H. <laughs> Christ, nurse, hurry up and sedate this lunatic. Don't talk to me like that. I'm sorry. Sedate this lunatic, please. Number one. Hey, cut me some slack. Piecing all those kids back together was like putting together a jigsaw puzzle without the picture on the box. And now it's time for the killer bees. Wait a minute. You must be the... That's right, gringo. The killer bees. The killer bees are bloody bodies, boobies, background blanks, B-movie tropes, and boggling questions that appear in these films. Uh, So bloody bodies, there are lots of bloody bodies in this movie. We have the mayor who is the first death he is killed by Bigfoot slashing his throat. Uh, Then we have these six teenagers that go on their little adventure, and five of them are killed. One guy, is uh, his throat is slashed by Bigfoot. One girl has her arms ripped off (laughs) by by either one or two uh, Bigfoot. There's the girl who gets hit by the Suburban that her friends are driving, Uh, and then another guy that is killed by Bigfoot and... um, uh, the people that are getting away from the SUV, they are killed when Bigfoot shows up. So there are lots of deaths there. We have the guy in the drive-in who Bigfoot pulls him out of his car. And while no one notices an eight-foot Bigfoot attacking him, is thrown on the ground and Bigfoot stomps on his head. Uh, we have the cameraman who steps on a landmine when he's out in the forest. Uh, and then we have the deputy who is impaled in a scene that I'm not sure what happens. I kind of think that Bigfoot threw a spear at him, but I watched it several times and I'm not 100% sure what happens there. And then as he's laying on the ground and his blood's coming from his mouth and you think he's not going to make it, Zeke decides to put him out of his misery and just shoots him in the head in front of everyone. I'm not sure that's legal. I'm not sure you can put a deputy sheriff out of his misery and shoot him in the head in front of the sheriff. Uh, but that's what Zeke does. Um, and then there are, I think, some other girls that, that get it in Bigfoot's lair. And then, of course, we have the uh, the big battle at the end, which I won't spoil until the very end of this podcast. Uh, for boobies, of course, we have this opening scene where the prostitute uh, is naked and she is with the mayor. It's a uh, not a well-lit scene, uh, but it certainly doesn't leave much to the imagination. Uh, And then we have a girl, uh, whenever the the teens go out and begin making out, one girl just takes her bikini off and they start making off. I don't 
I think it's more nudity from the rear than from the front. I don't remember seeing anything from the front in that scene, but uh, but they're both odd choices. They're both choices that that mean absolutely nothing uh, to the film. So uh, I don't know why they're there. Um, you would think this film would do better if it could be shown on late night cable and those scenes would stop it from, from doing so. So very strange choices for background blinks. Uh, first of all, we have several references to Boggy Creek, which is the director's other film or one of his other films. And apparently this takes place in the same place. So, uh, lots of references to, uh, Boggy Creek written on buildings. Um, there's a, um, scene where one of the Bigfoot is killed and when he falls down, they, the camera pans down and you can see a gap uh, where his mask ends and the Bigfoot suit begins. So there's a, a quick blink you can look for. And also there are, uh, in the very beginning, there's a, when the reporter is giving her report on what's going on in the town, there are newspapers, clippings that are shown. But if you look, all the text is the dummy Latin text that begins with lorem ipsum in the stories. Uh, that you see sometimes, uh, you know, when you're doing desktop publishing and layout, you can just fill in, uh, nonsense, uh, Latin words. And that's what that is. So doesn't seem like, in fact, I, I paused it and looked at the masthead and there was one thing that said, uh, place JPEG header here or something like that. So it <laughs> certainly didn't seem like it was, uh, uh, like they spent a lot of attention to detail. Let's put it that way. For B-movie tropes, oh my goodness, there are so many. Um, you know, in the in the opening scene, we have this prostitute. Someone has busted through the window and killed someone. And so immediately she runs outside in her underwear to see what's happening. I mean, why would you do that? Why would you run out to where a killer monster is? I don't know, but she does. Um, we have the ominous no trespassing sign when the teens show up to their their camp location. Uh, when the Bigfoot is chasing them and they run in the car, uh, they have trouble starting the car. They can't get it started, which is ridiculous. It's like a brand new Tahoe that they're driving. So it doesn't show any signs of trouble before or after that. But, of course, when Bigfoot's after you, uh, you may have trouble starting your car. Also, during that scene, it immediately shifts from day to night. Um, they Bigfoot shows up in the middle of the day. He chases the kids, they get in the car, and by the time they get the car started, it is midnight outside. So either they tried to start the car for 12 hours or something, which is obviously not the case, uh, or they just cut from day a day shot to a night shot. It, it's it's so jarring. I mean, it's not like a, you won't have to look hard to see that one. It's very obvious. Um, another trope is that everything in the movie is labeled. When we get to the crime scene, there are multiple cars there. There's a pickup that says sheriff on the side. There's a hearse that says coroner on the side. There's an ambulance that says EMT on the side. Uh, the deputy sheriff walks up and he's wearing a baseball hat that says deputy sheriff. <laughs> so everything has a label in case you're wondering, you know, who or, or, or what somebody or something is later in the film. They all have labels. Um, another trope is that this movie uses a ton of voiceovers. The sheriff, uh, we are constantly hearing his internal monologues, uh, and his thoughts. And, 
you know, we learn in storytelling it's better to show instead of tell. And you want to do that in movies. You want to uh, show things on the screen and let people figure out what's going on. Or in a book, you want to show through action uh, and let that drive the story. But this this movie has a lot of telling. There's an awful lot of exposition, and not all of it can be heard. Uh, then we have the trope of the reporter and the cameraman, you know, the reporter who's going to get to the bottom of the story and they're going to go into the woods, even though everyone has told him not to go in the woods. It very much reminded me of scream and scary movie. And, you know, those type of, uh, movies where there's always the nosy reporter around, uh, another thing that, uh, well, I, I think that that's all the, the tropes I would say, um, for boggling questions though, the doctor, explains to the sheriff that these this could not have been these kids could not have been killed by a bear because bears don't swipe down and bears don't attack while they're standing so a bear would never swipe down with its paw uh, only a bigfoot would do that i'm not sure that's the case i don't <laughs> i don't i mean i'm i'm sure a bear has swiped down when it hit somebody before hasn't it i mean i don't know that much about bear attacks and he also talks about the difference between Bigfoot's claws and a bear's claws. Again, I don't know. It just seemed like an awful lot of information uh, about an animal that doesn't exist or may or may not exist. Let's put it that way. Um, again, uh, the other boggling question, why well, I, I had, uh, I wrote down, you know, where Zeke shoots the deputy where, while he's bleeding out. I mean, you know, if, if you're not dead, that means you're not dead. So if you shoot somebody in the head, you have killed them. And maybe he was going to die. He was probably going to die, but maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. Um, Zeke didn't look like a doctor to me, uh, but he just, you know, says, oh, well, and, and just shoots him and everybody walks off. I thought, that's Zeke. You're a bad man. Um, there are lots of loose ends at the end of this movie. Uh, there's uh, one character that shows up that's the town alcoholic. I think he used to be the sheriff's deputy. Um, and he's believed in Bigfoot all along. And when everybody leaves to go out in the woods, they give him a, a sheriff's pin and they say, you know, stick around. We're going to need you. And then we never see him again. So that was very strange. Um, when we learn about that Bigfoot is impregnating women, that's when we kind of learn that the prostitute at the beginning must have been pregnant with Bigfoot's baby. Uh, and then based on that, like, I have no idea what the gestation period, because there's no reference to time. So does Bigfoot put a baby in women and then in a week they pop out? Or, I mean, it just, the story wasn't that long. So it, it, it just didn't make sense. The timeline was very confusing on that part. Um, so yeah, there's just lots of loose ends and lots of stuff that either wasn't brought uh, to a close or just didn't make sense in the first place. Whenever I watch a movie like this, I always go out to Google and IMDb and I look for trivia and I look for other people's reviews. And what I found was a review that uh, had links to some of C. Thomas Howell's tweets. And C. Thomas Howell tweeted and said, this movie is not good. There are production value problems. You should not purchase or watch it. And I don't think that was some kind of reverse psychology going on. I think he believes that, that this is not a good movie. So when one of your stars is tweeting and telling people not to watch your movie, 
you know you're going to be in for a treat, and <laughs> that's Bigfoot Wars. Um, I also saw reviews online on Amazon that said the book is better. Now we're used to hearing that, you know. Uh, oh yeah, you know you got to read the book, but I I I'm amazed that the book Bigfoot War would be that much better than this movie. But then again, couldn't have been worse. Uh, and, and, um, you know, the, the other random thought I had was often when I watch these movies, I think, was it, was it entertaining enough that I would watch it again? Uh, would I go back? Did I get enough enjoyment out of this movie? Uh, because it was so bad when I enjoy it again. But the problem with this is that at its core, this movie is really about Bigfoot raping women and putting babies in them. And I, that's a tough thing to go back and be like, Hey, I want to watch that Bigfoot rape movie again. (laughs) Like that's a tough sell for me. I don't, uh, you know, that that's a tough one where you get your friends together and you're like, Hey, I'm really behind this movie. And at the end, everybody goes, what was that? And you go, yeah, well, you know, that part of it's awkward, (laughs) but the rest is okay. I mean, it's just a, a strange, uh, it's a strange plot to try to get behind. You know, it's tough to align yourself with that storyline. So I don't know that I would probably revisit this one again. Um, it, it is bad. You know, as far as bad movies go, I would say it's bad. But the problem is it's it's not bad in that endearing way that makes me want to love it. It was just bad. So on a scale of one to five, I would have to give it maybe one and a half Bigfoot footprints. I don't know. Um, somewhere between one and two. Uh, it's like I said, it's, it's pretty bad, but it's not bad, uh, in that bad movie endearing way. Now I want to play you a clip here before I go to the closing credits and, and give the final ending. Uh, the plot of this movie is explained right in the middle of the movie by C. Thomas Howell's character, uh, Zeke. And so this is about a minute and a half of dialogue right from the movie. And this is not uh, the only part that sounds like this, but I want to play for you uh, Zeke's speech where he explains what is going on in this movie. How is that even possible? Universe. 
Make it twist and stop spinning and her stop shaking without destroying the wet things. No, sir. I ain't no other buffalo. Seems like there would be no match for them. That's what killed all the Indians right there. See, a civilization rode right over them. for listening to another episode of Multiple Sadness. Now, Multiple Sadness is moving. The podcast is not going to be at multiplesadness.com for much longer. We have moved over to podcast.robohara.com. So uh, you shouldn't have to update your feeds. I think I've taken care of all that for you. But if you want to follow along with posts or replies, that's where you'll need to go, podcast.robohara.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash multiple sadness. Uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter at Commodore or call my podcast hotline, which is 405-486-YDKF. Multiple Sadness is a proud member of the ACPN Podcast Network, and you can also find us on throwbacknetwork.net, your home for quality retro podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Multiple Sadness. And in just a minute, you will get the spoiler ending for the movie. So if you don't want to know how it ends, you'll want to turn your podcast off now. Spoiler alert. At the end of the film, Zeke and the sheriff have a showdown with six Bigfoot. Despite the fact that they have rifles, pistols, Loaded guns, shotguns, a rocket launcher, and everything else, they decide to take on six Bigfoot with a machete and a sledgehammer. And as the camera fades to black, we learn that wasn't a good idea. This is so not Cabo. <sighs> Babe, chill. We're going to have a blast. No one for miles around. Five cases of beer. Collins homegrown Dro. Yeah. And this... Obviously, hot. You love the Barracuda. Did you just refer to your dick as the Barracuda? 